how do you how do you identify something that you love? How do you know whether you love something? How do you know whether you love someone? If I were to think, okay, so I went to Chipotle for dinner, right? I love Chipotle, right? Everybody loves Chipotle. So, but but if I were to like push you on that, who's who's a Chipotle fan? Who's a Chipotle I've never fan? Actually okay. Been. So, what? On the to-do list. Okay, who would, who would call themselves a die-hard Chipotle fan? Die-hard. Okay. Okay, so Sarah's a die-hard Chipotle fan. Sarah, how do you know that you love Chipotle? Can you take that bite and you get all the flavors and you're just like, <laughs> okay, so Sarah says, because you take that bite and you get the flavors and you go, mmm. Okay, so is, is that the valid test for whether or not you love something? Like, does anyone have a better reason? What? Scientific approach. They have a, a scientific approach. Okay. What? It's healthy. But there's lots of things that are healthy, though, right, that I don't love. In fact, most things that are healthy, you don't love. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chipotle is the perfect combination of an affordable meal, tastes good, fills the belly, and you can feel good eating. He's just trying to... It's a burrito. Okay. It's just a burrito. It's just a burrito. Yeah. What's your reason? Why not? Why not? Okay. Sydney? What? Okay, you go there a lot. See, and here, here's, here's what we started to do. Like, as you guys are trying to think, what you started to do was defend Chipotle. Like, to factually try to prove that Chipotle is better than other restaurants. What you didn't do is show me reasons why you love it. Like, giving that defense, mmm, is not a reason. It makes me go, Okay, so what Sydney said and what Jackson said are evidences of a love for something. Okay, so for example, you could say, I love Chipotle. You want me to prove it? I've been there three times in the past two days. Why would I do that if I didn't love that place? Jesus, Jesus, in, in, in John 21, Jesus is going to ask a question. He's going to say, do you love me? And if he were to pose that question to you, it, it wouldn't be that much different than do you love Chipotle or do you love Chick-fil-A or, or whatever. Because what you would do is you would start to give evidences of your love. And Jesus is going to challenge one of his disciples in this text to do exactly that. He's going to look at his disciple Peter. He's going to say, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Because if you love me, it will show up as evidence in your life. No one could tell me, uh, like Nathan could not say, I love Chipotle. I haven't been there. But I've never been there. I haven't either. But I'm sure I love it. Like, like the evidence supports the statement. So if I were to ask the question then, do you love God? Do you love God? It, it might be initially difficult to answer that question, right? Like you may say, I think, I think I love God. I, 
yeah, I would say that I love God. As I evaluate myself, I think that there's a love for God. But how do you know? How do you know if you love God? That's exactly the question that's answered in this text line. I want us to see how Jesus formulates this for Peter. Look at verse 15. If you remember last week, what's, what's taken place is Jesus has just appeared for a third time to his disciples. They were out in, in the boats fishing. Jesus shows up on the beach 100 yards away. He tells them to cast their nets out on the other side. They, they catch a, a mass of 153 fish after they hadn't caught anything all night. And Peter dives into the water and swims to Jesus. They're sitting around a campfire. And Peter receives this question from Jesus, verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, that's Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because Jesus said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. That's all we're going to look at tonight. Three, three verses that are incredibly important to how John is going to close this book and our understanding of Peter, his relationship with Christ, and his reinstatement to carry out the ministry that Jesus has tasked him to do. Do you love me? Jesus asked Peter. Seems like a really simple question. But in that question, Jesus is actually teaching Peter some really important lessons. There are fundamental truths about Jesus that he is going to reveal to Peter, even in just asking this simple question. Last week, we saw all sorts of things revealed about Jesus as he appeared to his disciples this third time. We saw that he's the son of God. We saw that he's, again, shown as risen from the dead. We also saw that his disciples are revealed as incredibly weak. Well, there's a really in this same, it's, it's the same story that we started last week. There's a fourth truth that's revealed about Jesus, and that is that Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is forgiving. And that's, that's what this story is going to reveal, that Jesus is forgiving. He's going to reveal that to Peter by asking him, Peter, do you love me? And in asking this question, what he's going to give Peter is, is three lessons in love. Three lessons in love. So that's how we're going to break this down tonight. Three lessons in love for Peter. And I think in, in evaluating these lessons in love for Peter, that, that we'll see lessons in love for us. Because we all fall short in so many of the same ways as Peter does. The first lesson in love for Peter is going to function as a reminder more than anything else. When Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Jesus is reminding Peter that Peter claimed an unwavering love for Jesus. 
Peter claimed an unwavering love for Jesus. Peter is a unique character in the Gospels. We've seen him so much through the Gospel of John. We see him as the primary disciple that's lifted up in in all four of the Gospels. Peter is like the spokesperson. He's he's the guy that always speaks up first. He seems to be the leader of the 12. The other disciples follow him. He's, he's, He's like an in charge disciple. And because of that, we know a lot more about Peter than we do even all the other rest of the disciples. He talked a lot. When you talk a lot, it reveals your personality and it reveals your heart. Well, Peter's heart was was revealed very clearly throughout the course of the Gospels. Peter claimed to have an unwavering love for Jesus. I want to read just a few of the things that Peter claimed over the course of his time with Jesus. Peter was the first one, the first of the disciples to confess Jesus' true identity. Peter was the one who said, you, Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Peter said that before any other disciples arrived at that conclusion. In fact, God himself revealed that to Peter. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Savior. You're the son of the living God. Peter identified Jesus before anyone else. And along with that conclusion came all sorts of claims of allegiance, allegiance to Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, I've left everything. Everything. I'm leaving everything behind. Follow you. And he includes all the rest of the disciples in that statement. We're, we're leaving it all behind. We're leaving our past. We're, we're leaving our desires. We're leaving everything to follow you. That came from Peter's mouth to Jesus. Peter said, even if everyone else falls away from you, I will never fall away. Peter said that to Jesus. I don't care if all of your other followers fall. I will never fall away. On another occasion, Peter said, Jesus, even if I have to die, I will never deny you. Even if it means my death, I will not turn on you. I will not deny you. On another occasion, Peter looks to Jesus and he says, Jesus has just told Peter, we saw this later in John, that, that, that where I'm going, you can't follow me, Jesus is saying. Peter looks back to him and he says, Lord, why can't I follow you? I would lay down my life for you. I, 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 I would die just to follow you. So he, he identifies Jesus. He claims that he will never fall away from Jesus, that he will never deny Jesus, that he will lay down his life for Jesus. And it's because of Peter's significant claims that he had an unwavering love, that nothing could take away Peter's love for Jesus, that Jesus looks to Peter and he asks the question, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Well, when Jesus is asking that question, he's pointing Peter back to all of Peter's claims of love for Jesus. Do you love me? It only makes sense to ask this question so specifically to someone who has claimed an unwavering love. 
if if I had if I had said something that I shouldn't have said to to Alyssa, and she she responded to me, "Do you love me?" That would that make sense. It's a good question because I've told her that I love her. I've promised to love her. But if I'm just like walking down on the plaza and I see some random person, I'm like, "Hey, do you love me?" <laughs> they look at me weird, right? Because. It doesn't make sense to ask that of someone that hasn't told you that they love you. That Peter is, ask, is being asked this because he's told Jesus how much he loves him. He's claimed an unwavering love, an unwavering allegiance. And so in the beginning of this passage, Jesus is reminding Peter of all of the claims of love that Peter has made. Peter has claimed an unwavering love. So Jesus asked him, do you love me? And that simple question that Jesus gives Peter that first lesson. It's not a complicated lesson. It's just a reminder. Peter, you've claimed an unwavering love. Do you love me? Well, he doesn't ask the question just once. There's actually a lot of details associated with this simple question of do you love me? So in Jesus' repetition and details of this question, we see a second lesson revealed. And that is that Peter's actions actually suggested otherwise. Peter's actions actually suggested otherwise. So Peter claimed an unwavering love for Jesus, but Peter's actions actually suggested that Peter didn't have an unwavering love for Jesus. Jesus asked him the question, Peter, do you love me? And there's there's an interesting detail on the end of that question. Look at verse 15. The first time Jesus asked the question, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? There's been a lot of debate over what Jesus is referencing when he says, do you love me more than these? But it really comes down to only two options. Option one is that Jesus is asking Peter if Peter loves him more than the rest of the disciples. Do you love me more than these men love me? The other option is that Jesus is asking Peter, Peter, do you love me more than, than these, these fish, these nets, these boats? And that may seem like a ridiculous option, but if you remember last week what Peter did. Remember, all of the disciples were commanded to go to Galilee, to go to a mountain that Jesus suggested, that Jesus commanded them to, to wait at. And, and he said, wait for me there. The disciples came to Galilee. They waited for Jesus. And, and apparently, Peter got tired of waiting. Because what Peter says at the beginning of chapter 21 is he looks at the other disciples and he says, I'm going fishing. What we saw last week is that when Jesus says, when Peter says, I'm going fishing, it's not just a simple like, well, I don't see him. I'm going to go jump in the boat real quick and keep an eye out. No, Peter is abandoning his post. Peter is returning to his past. Peter has not done this since he started following Jesus. And so when, when, when Peter looks to the other disciples and says, I'm going fishing, it's, it's, it's an act of disobedience. Peter was told to wait at the mountain. But when his patience is tested, he gives up on that. And he returns to his old job. He returns to what's most familiar with him. So so I think what actually makes the most sense is that Jesus is looking to Peter and he's saying, Peter, do you love me more, more than your past? 
more than more than more than this profession, fishing? Do you love me more than, than this? Peter has disobeyed. Again. Again, he's failed to do what the Lord commanded of him. And so, Jesus has every reason to say, Peter, do you really love me? Do you really love me more than these? There's other elements of Peter's disobedience in this passage. It's not just that he's returned to the nets. The other element of disobedience that's shown in this passage is shown in the repetition of the question. Follow me here for a second. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He asks in verse 15. Peter says, yes. Look at verse 16. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he, Peter, said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Look at verse 17. Jesus then said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. Peter was grieved. Jesus asked the exact same question, the the exact same way, three times. Three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? It's not until the third time, though, that Peter becomes grieved. But Peter isn't upset when Jesus asks the first time, do you love me more than these? He just says, yeah, yeah, I love you. He asks him again, Peter, do you love me? He says, yeah, I love you. You know that I love you. He asks him again, Peter, do you love me? And Peter begins to weep. Why is it that Peter is grieving at this third request? Well, we're told why. Verse 17, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Jesus asked Peter this question three times for a really specific purpose. And that's because Peter denied Jesus three times. Remember, right before Jesus died, Jesus prophesied that Peter would deny Jesus three times before the rooster crowed the morning of Jesus' death. And as soon as Peter was faced with persecution, as soon as he was faced with opposition, he immediately starts denying the Lord. He says, I don't know him. I don't, I don't know him. I was never with him. Three times he denies any relationship with Jesus. When Jesus asks him, do you love me? Peter says, yeah. And he asks again, do you love me? He says, yeah. And then he asks a third time and Peter says, oh. Peter knows that his actions have suggested otherwise. He didn't obey Jesus. He didn't, he didn't wait for him on the mountain. He returned to fishing. He, he didn't remain faithful to Jesus. When, when he was opposed, immediately he began to deny him. So, so he's a disobedient denier. And when Jesus asked the third time, Peter gets it. He gets it. 
He understands that his actions have actually suggested that he doesn't have an unwavering love for Jesus. And so he's saddened, he's grieving, he's weeping. And it's in these moments that we we learn the third lesson in love for Peter. This text ultimately revolves around this truth. And that is that Peter's obedience would reveal a true love for Jesus. Peter's obedience would reveal a true love for Jesus. We've skipped over it every time we've read through, but every time Peter says, yes, I love you, Jesus gives Peter a command. So, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, then tend my sheep. He asks again, do you love me? Peter says, yes, you know that I love you. Jesus says to him, shepherd my sheep. He says to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He says, he's grieved. He says, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus looks to him again and a third time. He says, tend my sheep. What's Jesus asking Peter to do every time Peter affirms his love for him? It's, it's said three different ways. Tend my sheep, shepherd my sheep, and tend my lambs. That's, that's all the same message. There, there's nothing different. There's no nuances that have like a different meaning in any one of those. It's just like, it's like saying yeah and yes and yup. It's three different ways of saying the same thing. Tend my sheep, shepherd my sheep, tend my lambs. What are Jesus' sheep? Who are Jesus' lambs? They're his followers. And to tend them or to shepherd them is to care for them, to lead them, to watch out for them, to guide them, to direct them. Jesus is giving Peter a job. He's he's commissioning Peter with the task that he's supposed to accomplish for the rest of his life. Jesus is saying, Peter, if you love me, then go and care and lead my church. Jesus, in in Matthew uh, chapter 16, we see a promise that's given to Peter that, that on him the church would be founded. The church would be built up on him as a person. That that God was going to use Peter as this this human building block, ultimately upon Jesus, that that the church is going to be built from him. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter's preaching the gospel and the church starts to form. He's going to have a significant role in the establishing of the church as it spreads. So Jesus looks to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes. And he says, then tend to my people, shepherd my people, care for my people, lead my church. Here is your job. Peter, if you love me, here is how you prove your love to me. Here is how you obey me. Don't go back to the nets. Don't go back to your old job. Don't don't go back to your past. Don't deny me, shepherd my people, pastor my people, lead my people. In this statement that Jesus repeats three times, what he's telling Peter is, Peter, your actions have suggested that you don't have an unwavering love for me, but your obedience 
moving forward would prove a love for me. So Peter, obey. Tend my sheep. Shepherd my people. This is not much different than a truth that we've seen revealed all through this gospel. Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What Jesus said to all of his disciples and all those listening in in John 14, he says specifically to Peter here, Peter, do you love me? If you do, then you will, you will do what I have called you to do. And the same truth applies to us that that whether or not you claim an unwavering love for, for Jesus, it is your actions that show whether or not you love him. If you love him, you keep his commandments. If you don't keep his commandments, that suggests that you don't love him. This truth, it, it stood out to John. It was so important to him. He includes it in this story for, for such an important reason. Even in, in 1 John, years later, when, when he's writing 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, we see these same truths repeated over and over. You guys know this text. I'll put it up on the screen. By I think I have it up here. Yeah, by this we know that we've come to know him. We keep his commandments. That's what he's saying to Peter. You want to know if you really know me, Peter? Do you want to know if you love me, Peter? Then keep my commandments. Peter, throughout this passage, genuinely believes that he has a love for Jesus. It's not until Jesus reveals Peter's inconsistencies that Peter is grieved. I have to ask the question before we close this down. What? I think I love Jesus. If that's you, I hope that's you. I think I love him. But, but what if I mess up? What, what if I have times where I'm not keeping his commandments? Does that mean I don't love him? Does it mean I don't know him? Well, not necessarily. Look, look at Peter. Peter messed up. Peter had moments of denying Jesus. He, he had moments of disobedience. But what's shown in this passage is that Jesus forgives him. He reinstates him. He doesn't say, Peter, you've disobeyed, so you're not allowed to take care of my sheep. You stay away from my sheep. Jesus gives him opportunity to obey. He tasks him to continue obeying. He gives him another chance to reveal his love. And so with the awareness that Jesus forgives, I want, us, I want us to know this truth. Jesus forgives sin. He does. He forgives us. When we mess up, he is forgiving. He's the forgiver. But his forgiveness must never motivate disobedience. His forgiveness cannot motivate disobedience in his followers. If Peter were to say, well, he forgave me once, he'll probably forgive me again, so who cares about the sheep? I'm going back to fishing. Like, that would have revealed that Peter didn't know Jesus. He didn't love him. So rather than forgiveness never motivating disobedience, what we need to understand and what Jesus wants Peter to understand is that forgiveness motivates obedience. When you are forgiven, it motivates you to continue obeying. Jesus forgives Peter, and then he calls him to obey. 
We don't have time to walk through the rest of the New Testament, but Peter goes and he obeys. He goes and he tends to Jesus' sheep. He cares for his people. He, he establishes the church. Peter did, in fact, love Jesus. His actions showed it. So I hope that there's really two internal responses. I hope, one, that you're evaluating to ask that question, do I love Jesus? My actions will show if I do. But also, that even if there's, if there's doubt in that, if you look at that and you say, I'm not obeying his commandments, there's forgiveness. Jesus forgives, and that forgiveness motivates obedience. So find forgiveness in Jesus and be motivated to prove your love, to show your love by your obedience. That's what Jesus wants Peter to know. That's the lesson that he wants him to walk away with, and I hope that we can do the same.